Hello. Hello. Hi, this is Jane Coaston from MTV. Hi, Jane. This is Betty. Oh, it's such a pleasure to talk to you. Um, I just wanted to say, first of all, um, I've been, I was a huge fan. I remember when you won the uh, McDonald's Cup back in 1991, and I followed your career pretty, pretty closely, so this is very exciting for me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Way back in the day. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I actually, uh, I had a tape of that, of that meat. And I attempted your uh, beam exercise with like the three layouts in my oh, hallway. Nice. It didn't. It didn't go as well. <laughs> so you were a gymnast. Uh, I was. I was at the time. Um, I just again, thank you so much for talking to me. Um, so first of all, what's it? What's it like? Not just this year, but what's it like? Kind of watching Olympic gymnastics for you knowing what this is like for a lot of those women out on floor, vault, beam, and bars? Mm -hmm. um, okay, well, it's, a, it's like a cornucopia of emotions. <laughs> I, I always get... Um, it's like every time the Olympics comes around, I'm right back there. I'm back there in the hallway before entering the stadium, and I... I feel the immensity of the experience and trying to calm my nerves so I can see them, see it in them. I can see like the moment they walk in and they just, they're feeling it. And then they start doing the work of starting to calm their nerves. So it's, it's, it's a fun experience knowing exactly what they feel like and exactly what it is that they have to do internally in order to keep everything in check and not, you know, totally spaz out on the apparatus. Um, and at the same time, I'm, it's just, it's really, it's emotional on so many levels. I think when we're competing and at the time, you don't really notice, uh, I mean, you can feel how big it is, but you don't really notice uh, or allow yourself to recognize the importance of the event in the same way until afterwards and especially years afterwards where you get to reflect and you get to watch several different Olympics and you get to see how other people react to it and you get to be in the perspective of the spectator having already been there slightly different from the spectator dreaming of going there the spectator who's already been there um there's like this real depth of appreciation for the uniqueness of that experience <laughs> Right. Um, and especially this year, this being Marta Caroli's last year as being head coach of the team and kind of the end of a really long era of having the Carolis being so involved with yeah. USA Gymnastics. Can you talk a little bit about what that experience, I mean, going, being trained, because you were trained uh, in Houston with the, you yeah. trained in Houston with the Carolis um, pretty quickly after you made it to Elite. Correct. Can you talk about what that experience was like working with Marta and Bella? <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's see. The, in a nutshell, it was very, um, it was very intense. It was a couple different things. I remember when I went, uh, I moved there and I had my first training session with them. I was dying. After the first day, it was like, but I knew because I had studied Bella and it was always my dream to train with him and Marta. So I knew that he never, he always likes to push athletes to their limit and see mm -hmm. if you're going to break. 
at what point are you going to break? And so he, and I knew that I couldn't let him see that I was just dying through that first workout. So I had to look tough even in my face, even though physically I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to handle this. Obviously you do it after a while and then you just become stronger and stronger and stronger. So training with them was, um, they create a very, very intense atmosphere in the gym, and it's always game time. You're always on. It's always competition time, even if you're not doing full routines, even if you're not preparing for a competition. So in that sense, um, that uh, also totally segue, but not really. That's what Marta and Bella and Marta brought to the U.S. national team in bringing the team creator. A coordinator. She brought that sort of uh, that similar environment that they would create for us every day. They create for the girls once a month. So by the time they get to a competition, it's just the same thing that they've been doing <laughs> for years, and they've been doing every single month. It's the same level of intensity. So for me, training with them, one, it was intense, but it also it was empowering because before I had come to Caroli's, um, I I lacked in self confidence and really belief in myself that I'd be able to accomplish what it was I had dreamt of accomplishing. But once I'd moved to Caroli's, it was like his, his Marta's and Bella's confidence sort of transferred onto me. And they knew that they were going to the Olympics and whatever athletes were with them that could withstand the training, were going to go to the Olympics. So as, if they knew it, then I knew it too. And I was filled with this sort of confidence that took me from like 21st place as a junior and six months later, second place in the nation as a senior elite. And the only thing that changed was my level of confidence. I became a different looking gymnast within six months, although my skill level didn't really change. So you were, um, you were part of the first U.S. national team to win an Olympic team medal in a mm -hmm. fully intended games. Can you Correct. talk a little bit about what that, ex what that experience is like? Because I think it's a little different from, it's very funny for anyone who's been following U.S. gymnastics for a long time that now kind of like, oh, USA gymnastics is this powerhouse. They're really expected yeah. to, you know, this year it was like, oh, gold is a like, not yeah. even a thing when yeah. in 92 and 96, it was like, this might not happen. I don't know if yeah. we've got the depth because especially because you were going against, I mean, obviously in 92, it's a little bit different going against kind of a different Soviet union team, but still kind of a unified team. Can you talk a little bit about right. what that experience was like and what, what did you, was there a lot of pressure? Was there no pressure? What, how did you feel? Um, well, we felt a, tr we felt a tremendous amount of pressure to not only medal. It's funny because even though, you know, we weren't necessarily thought of like the 92 team as gold medal contenders, USA gymnastics. And we expected to be fighting for a gold medal only because the previous world championships, we, uh, won the silver medal and we we're pretty close behind Russia with that silver medal. So we were like, okay, next year Olympics, we're, we're getting a gold, we're fighting for a gold medal. So earning a bronze medal at that, at that Olympics, um, you know, it's funny to even say this was uh, a little, felt like a little bit of a failure for us. And like part of our team was literally crying in the back before we marched out for the medal ceremony because uh, we had gotten a bronze medal and not um, a silver or gold. 
Mm-hmm. So it was um, mixed emotions, like the thought of being it being the first time that a U.S. team had medaled in a non in a fully attended Olympics didn't process really. That didn't exist. It was that we had lost a gold medal or a silver medal. That's kind of what was existent there. Obviously, time passed now, um, and the feeling is a little bit different. There's an appreciation for um, for the experience we had and the medal we did win, but it definitely wasn't, uh, we didn't feel afterwards like, yes, we did it. <laughs> right. It was a little bit more like, dang it. I mean, we could have, we really could have been stronger. We really could have done better. Um, so there was, there was definitely pressure. There was always pressure. And we always had this idea that we were supposed to be on top of that podium. Um, but it's interesting because then we were always looking to Russia and Romania sometimes, but Russia as they're the ones, they're the ones to beat. They say they felt so dominant because for decades, really, they had dominated in the team competition. Right. Um, so we knew we were aware that we were going up against powerful team where it's interesting. Like the team of today knows that they're going to win. They're going to not only win, they're going to dominate because there's no other country that is even in range. Yeah. So, um, so just kind of talking about your experience with this and especially now watching now, do you see, um, you know, I think anyone who's followed gymnastics for a fairly long time knows that the difference between the code of points that you worked under, where, you know, a 10 was possible, to now the new code of points, which is out of, you know, you add in its difficulty and the, the kind of the different elements. You really can't get a perfect score anymore. Do you think that this era of, you know, do you see a big difference between this era of gymnastics and the gymnastics that you did in kind of early to mid nineties? I do. Um, and I think the biggest, I mean, obvious, aside from like the obvious, you know, a different kind of vault, they don't vault over a pommel horse anymore. Right. (laughs) Um, but aside from that, um, I think the biggest difference is it felt like in many ways, uh, like the the gymnasts, the athletes of the 90s and maybe even the early 2000s, but really the 90s were, um, there was a lot more artistry in the sport. And I feel like because of the difference of, of the, the difference within the code of points back then, there was also a lot more um, creativity. Like you saw different routines, different body types doing different routines, but still able to come from a 10, 10.0, where now the code of points is so like skill driven and difficulty driven that you tend to see the athletes pretty much doing the same variations of tricks in their routines. So I feel like a lot of the artistry has gone away and in place is just like trick, trick, power, power. And they're doing some awesome awesome gymnastics, but I'd say that's probably the main difference where you kind of tend to see sort of the same thing. And like, I watch videos from the nineties and I'm like, Oh wow. Cause I, I'm a choreographer now as well. And so I get some ideas from them and I always notice how unique and different, like each of the different routines were cause they can pull from so many different elements to get the difficulty they required. And you know, no two routines really look the same. 
Right. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, it's funny because I think that code of points really means that someone like Marta Carolli can just have everyone does a wolf turn. And like, even exactly. if you wobble, that's still such a high point getter. Exactly. Um, do you ever have moments where you feel like I could still do that? Like, yeah. you know, you, yeah, that's, I yeah. always kind of wondered about that where you're just like, well, if I got on beam, like, well, I, you know, I could probably do pretty well on this. Totally. And I actually, I had one of those moments recently only because, um, well, actually in the, you know, the last several years, they have specialists now. We didn't right. have that. You had to do all four events. You had to be an all around athlete or else you're not on that Olympic team. And now you can, you can be a bar specialist. So like watching now, I always think, well, you know, I could probably do B <laughs> because I still play around like on the equipment. Um, so yeah, there's definitely several moments where I think, okay, I could work that code of points um, and do beam. Spins right. get a high, high value. Um, and there, you know, you can be a specialist, even though like leading up to it, you kind of require to be able to do all four events. But now that they're changing um, for the next Olympics and it's four up instead of five, what I've heard is they're going to have more specialists on the team and not as many all-arounders. Right. Uh, So I'm not sure what that's going to look like for, like, U.S. championships and all the other competitions. But, you know, hearing that, of course, then again, my mind's like, huh. I mean, (laughs) Chusa Vitan is still doing it. (laughs) Right, right. And do you think... Do you think that specialization would allow people to have longer careers? Because I think that it's so it's been so interesting watching her perform because I know, you know, they call Ali Reisman grandma and she's 22. Like, it's not quite as young a sport as I think it used to be. Like, you don't, you know, because they lifted the age limit in 97, you, you couldn't have a Dominic Mucciano on the team anymore. But um, do you think that that would kind of lengthen people's careers? Definitely. I think the only reason that Chusevitna can still do it is because she can be a specialist. She only does vault. Right. It's a a slightly different scenario throwing in some floor and bars. Right. (laughs) Into the mix. You know, it's going to be different on the body. It's a different type of training. You have to train some longer hours, which is, you know, can be a little bit. You know, I'm not sure what state her body's in, but I think what she's 42 at 42 years old doing like a full workout, you know, might start to wear a little bit. Right. You know, but doing one event, coming in, do your one event, do some conditioning, definitely more athletes would stay in longer. So for you, what's the most satisfying part of gymnastics? As an athlete yeah. or as a spectator? As an athlete. As an athlete. Um, well, a co- you know what? The most satisfying part is in competition, um, overcoming the nerves to perform an epic routine and getting through to the other side. It feel- there's such a great feeling of accomplishment. And then, of course, there's mixed emotions once you get the score. If the score doesn't match that, and then, right. you know, all those things that follow. But for that one moment that you're just, like, inc- you can feel the nerves before you go up on the apparatus. And especially beam was great, like, th- for this. Beam and bars. Floor also, because it's more performance. But beam, and once you conquer it, and you just, every single thing, you rock the routine, and then you land, it just feels like it's just an awesome feeling of, like, relief and... I did it. 
before you do it, you don't know if you can do it. You don't know if you're going to be, I mean, you know, you can do it, but if you're going to be able to like keep your nerves in check, keep your body from shaking, you know, right. keep your mind focused, hit everything. And then once you do it and land, it's almost like a sigh of relief. And it's funny because it's a routine that we do over and over and over. And every day in practice, you're hitting 10 for 10 routines. But it's a different scenario once you're up there on that podium <laughs> in competition. It's like this whole other factor that you don't, you can't practice it necessarily. You can't practice that level of um, pressure and nerves to that right. extent. So you never and know what's going to happen until it happens. Right. And I think even as an observer, especially with beam, I think that there's a certain moment where you can tell, like there's mm -hmm. kind of, you know, they get, you know, if you get, watch someone get through their mount and then they get through the first, first, like something like a standing yeah. Arabian or something like that. And they hit it. You're like, okay, yeah. they've got this. They've got this. And you can feel it like in the way they land and they finish. And then the way they proceed to the next element, it's like, yeah, they know it's almost like they've said in their head, okay, I got this. I'm done. Yeah. I've got it. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think, you know, my last question would be, what's your favorite move um, on beam, on bars, on floor and vault? What's your favorite move of all time? Oh, of all time to compete mm -hmm. or for myself to do or to observe? For yourself to do. Um, okay. On beam... I really liked that handspring layout labs. I loved the rhythm of it. I loved the way yeah. it sounded when you're solid. Right. Um, you know, you know exactly what I mean. No, I know. I know. And especially like, because there's that sound. Um, I really enjoyed like you, your uh, dismount from beam was like that back handspring, like the multiple back handsprings, I think into a yeah. double back. Yeah. And I just, I even remember being a little kid and being like the sound of how that is, is just like, yes. it's very satisfying. It's totally satisfying. I'm it, actually doing, um, working with some kids at a gym here in New Jersey. And one of the girls is doing back handspring layout loud. And she, you know, it's really solid. And it just brought me back to that. I can tell that she feels it too. It's just this rhythm and the way it moves. It's, that's great. So I love that skill on beam. Vault, Yurchenko layout folds. I loved because it felt like if you have the right shoulder angle and you hit the vault at the right angle, you just pop and you kind of like fly for a second. And right. it's, just, it's awesome. Uh, bars. I, I loved Jaeger's because the same thing, that flight, that feeling of flight once you're in midair and you're sort of suspended and you like stall for a second before right. you keep moving. That was always a great feeling. Um, and then floor tricks let me think skills hmm i'm not sure on floor because i loved the dance part and the performance i guess um tumbling i enjoyed width passes although i never was given that many opportunities to work on twisting or front tumbling twisting i mean we did in the gym but it wasn't bella wasn't that that comfortable I guess coaching it or teaching it because he didn't actually, you know, ever allow us to explore that or allow me to explore that, which I feel like I would have been much stronger at given my height and my body right. type. So I really enjoyed front tumbling, but I didn't do it ever competed. I did it. We did it in the gym, front tumbling and front twisting. Okay. Well, Thank you so much. This has been such a fantastic conversation. Um, thank you so much for taking the time and um, good luck with everything in the future. You just made like when I was five years old, I pretty much wanted to become you. So you just like made a giant <laughs> dream come true. <laughs> 
Thank you. That's super, super flattering. 